Loss helps us define our lives. By allowing our grief to matter, we discover our own strengths and embrace our authentic selves. Welcome to Good Grief with your host, Cheryl Jones. Get ready to be inspired, to create a deeper life, to make your time on Earth much more meaningful. Now, here is Cheryl Jones. Hello, I'm your host, Cheryl Jones, and I want to welcome you to Good Grief, where we talk each week about the transformations that can come from loss. Today I'm talking with Divya Parekh. Divya is an in-demand motivational speaker, a leading business relationship and leadership coach, and an Amazon bestseller. She just told me that her new book, which I'll mention in a minute, has gone number one in several countries. Divya has guided many entrepreneurs and professionals into realizing and achieving their goals, and her books, including her her latest, The Entrepreneurial, Entrepreneur's Garden, serve as the foundation for many leaders in business and organizations, as well as mindfulness, critical thinking, leadership and influence, and emotional intelligence. Her connection with clients and audiences makes her highly effective. Divya works globally with leaders, achievers, and entrepreneurs, and believes the key factor in success is the partnerships we cultivate. For her, relationship is king and she helps others to learn the exponential power in developing a thorough understanding of your business partners and giving of yourself. Her compelling interactive presentations, talks, and workshops are always well-received and given high marks of success and acclaim. Welcome, Divya. Oh, thank you, Cheryl, for having me on your show and giving me an opportunity to have this conversation. Absolutely. Thank you for coming on. Uh we're going to talk about how you motivate others, but I thought it would be worthwhile to to begin by talking about uh, how your story, how you how you developed your story, is connected to the subject of this show. That challenge sometimes brings transformation. Can you talk some? Uh, well, I've given the, the listeners an idea of what you do in your work, but can you talk some about what in your life led you to do that work and, and led you to develop it more deeply? Absolutely, Cheryl. So, you know, I'm going to rewind the clock back to 2008. In 2008, the economy tanked. And when we saw the downturn in economy, not one industry was left unmarked by it. Mm. And what happened was each and every organization, corporations, people, everybody was feeling the pinch because of the downturn. And surprisingly, the biopharmaceuticals where I worked was not left untouched either. One day, we heard the grapevine that, you know, people will be laid off. And the rumors were going around for like month, month and a half. And of course, as you can imagine, the whole environment and the moral of the employees was kind of down. People were uncertain. People did not know what would happen, what would not happen, if they were going to keep the jobs, not lose the jobs. And now while all this was going on, of course, IT was impacted heavily. My husband was in IT. And there were rumors that, you know, there were going to be heavy layoffs in his company as well. So we are both on tenterhooks. There's nothing we can do about it. 
Mm. One day rolls in, and they just announce that they're going to be laid off. Nobody knows. People come to people's desk, ask them to pack their belongings. Sometimes these were people who had been in the corporate world for like 10 years, 15 years. Pack the belongings in five minutes, and they were walked out. And that, yeah, that's that suddenness. Uh, I remember that, like, uh, you couldn't come back the next day and pack. You had to do it right on the spot. That happened a lot to people. Yes, you're absolutely right. So here I am, and as you have mentioned, that, you know, people have been common thread in the fabric of my life. And here were, like, really very good friends of mine who are being walked off at one point in time. I'm feeling my heart bleed for them because, you know, it's, this is not the way you want to be walked out. But at the same time, I'm praying that, oh, may I keep my job? Dear mm. God, you know, I hope I keep my job. Yes. And at the end of the day, when it happened, I was fortunate not to have lost my job, but I lost a piece of myself somewhere along the line. I was... How is it that I'm okay with somebody being walked off and yet at the same time I'm finding that safety net that, oh, it's okay that I kept my job? And who's Mm -hmm. to know whether I'm going to have this job one year down the road or not? Something again like this comes up and there will be again another round of layoffs. And then that was the day and then I meditated on it that night. What came to me was that I wanted to be in a position where I could help people, where I could create jobs, where I was not in this stormy ocean sitting on a little boat that had no anchor. And that was the day that catapulted me and became a pivot point in my life. You know, that's so that's so familiar that, uh, of course... Um, that moment where uh, perhaps we could say loss can sometimes bring inspiration. Uh, it, it's not always the same loss. You know, it could be the loss of a person. It could be many, the loss of health. But that idea of suddenly having a brainstorm is very familiar from three years of, of um, hosting this show. Uh, that there's something in having something ripped away that leaves open uh, the the idea of possibility, perhaps. Absolutely, and it's the. I think so. We all have the potential within us, and I always mention, especially living in North Carolina, that from a tiny acorn, a mighty oak can grow. So here I was. I literally felt like sitting in a small boat. In choppy oceans, my boat being rocked from all the sides. And yet at the same time, I had this germ of an idea, that seed that came to my mind while I was meditating. It just came to life. And I was, okay, what is it that I can do? How can I go about it? And then that's as I started exploring my skill sets, my knowledge base, I found there was a lot that I could transfer to my next career. And of course, you know, you have to spend time reflecting 
on things that because if you're going to go in a next career, what is it that going to be? Is it that going to be something that's going to inspire you every day? So while I was in pharmaceuticals, I did get inspired because in the end, I was bringing bringing life-saving medications to the market. I was helping patients. However, now if I was going to change my careers, I really had to do a deep dive. And as I did a deep dive, one thing I found was that people were the bane of my existence. I loved helping people and the joy and pleasure I always got out of helping people, whether it was people working way down in back in the manufacturing, you know, where sometimes there's so engrossed in manufacturing that don't even see any daylight mm-hmm. to the C-suite executives. People were common, and I found that coaching was the answer. Had you known anything about coaching up to that point? Actually, I had known about it a little bit because, you know, we would, in the corporate world, you do end up getting training, but not up close. I did not know about it. But as I started looking more into it, what I found was that I had been doing coaching all of my life because people would just seek me out, ask me for advice, and what I would find is I would be listening to them and I would be helping them work through their problems, finding solutions. So I did not realize it that I was doing unofficial coaching for almost 25, 20 to 25 years but then, of course, you know, you, I went through the certification program, went through the process of growth, building myself, because it's so important to find that mastery and brilliance within yourself to then go and help others. Because until you don't experience it yourself, you can help others. However, when you experience it yourself, you can take people to the next level and take them beyond to where they want to be. Yeah, that's a, That's an interesting thing you're saying because uh, it, it, it's true. You can help people without having had certain experiences yourself. But boy, is it a head start on trust if you have. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, you know, that uh, you're not saying it lightly. You know the cost of of really going in your deepest direction. Because that was a big cost to have. uh, I don't know what happened with your husband's employment, but I know that most two, uh, we're going through this in my household right now. My my wife is unemployed and our our economy is rather based on two incomes. So, (laughs) you know, it it involves some real challenges. And... um, you don't immediately probably replace that income you had before you went into coaching. Oh, absolutely not. And no, my husband did uh, have a layoff, and unfortunately, so that's where, you know, I created a transition plan of five years where I would establish my credibility and get my certification and do part-time coaching, gain that experience to help others. So I did not just transition out from the corporate world immediately. Uh huh. So uh, for that five years, life must have been very 
strenuous, I guess, is <laughs> the word that comes to my mind. Very, very busy. How did you, because, you know, a lot of what we'll talk about later in terms of what you do and how you do it, uh, you seem to focus very much on balance. Um, so how did you find balance in that time where you were trying to go th- towards something new and maintain what you were already doing? <laughs> Great question, Cheryl. So <laughs> coaching helped me, right? It's it's, <laughs> it's, it's almost <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, how did what what did it take to do that? What did it take to do that is one of the things I'm going to share is that meditation is one of the best things that happened to me in my life. And because I was already meditating, I had something to fall back on. And because I was learning different aspects of coaching, it was opening up new perspectives. I could look at the same situation with different eyes. And, you know, that's the beauty of the world. It's not that the world changes and we find beauty in it. And as they say, there's a proverb that goes somehow like this, beauty lies in the eyes of the beholder. And that is so true. It's, so for example, I'll just kind of share one small example. When somebody goes walking on the street, you're walking on the same street every day. However, and they don't see any goodness in it. They don't find anything. Whereas somebody like me who loves nature, and especially in the fall time, Every single day, there's a change in the color. There's a deepening of the color. You can see through the woods. I find beauty every single day, and it's because I'm looking at the world with fresh perspectives, and it again goes back to looking at from a child's perspective. They have joy. There are studies that show that children smile 400 times a day, whereas as we grow into adults, we have Stop smiling. It's somehow we have forgotten along the way. You know, one mm. would think that we would smile more as we grow, but however, we lose that art of smiling and finding the joy of life in the moment. Look at children, the beautiful perspectives they have. They look at different things. Something comes in their life. Yes, they get upset, but you know what? They're over it, and they're getting ready to play with the playmates they just had fight with. So having so, so, the... So- as I learned, that really helped me go through the whole process and the situation. It just made me stronger. And um, was was meditation something that you uh, were? How did you how did you come to meditation? Because I've noticed uh, most people I know who meditate came to it through something painful. Uh, you know, because it's not a natural, it's not a natural thing to sit down and be quiet and, and let your mind, you know, <laughs> um, a lot of people avoid that until they feel they have no other option. <laughs> but um, I know some people are raised with meditation, you know, we come to it many different ways. Was was that uh, sort of like, just something you woke up with one day or because it sounds like that no, predated all the rest. Story. I was a child, and probably I don't remember what age, you know, it's, uh, the memories are not that clear. One of my cousins, you know, we used to have uh, family reunions uh, two to three times a year. And then, of course, you know, children are always running around, and they've got so much energy. And, of course, as similarly as a child, I had a lot of energy, too. And then running around, 
And then, of course, when you're tired, you're not, you know, you've not uh, had your food or something like that, you get cranky and you cry. I, was, I think I was fairly young. And then my cousin just kind of told me that, let me teach you a tool. And it will help you figure out how not to cry. Or even if you cry, you can cry, but still be calm about it. And then, you know, he just taught me and... I saw him do it, and I would do it, and it became more of a play rather than a chore because mm. now I was able to be able to handle myself a little bit more better. I mean, I don't know if I meditated properly when I was a child or not, but it was more focused on breathing. So I grew up with it, and it just happened to me. I'll tell you what is coming to my mind right now. My daughter sent me recently a picture of my grandson's uh, and they were meditating, the little ones two and a half, the older ones four and a half. And oh, wow. the two and a half year old had one eye open looking at his brother. <laughs> <laughs> but the but the four and a half year old was seriously, you know, sitting there. And I thought, well, even if they never do it again, they've touched that place where you can just be quiet. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, th- to to have that in your memory bank. Uh, is is valuable, um, and it's not a matter of don't be angry or don't be upset, but um, you can be quiet in yourself. That does seem very powerful. So I I think you were lucky in that regard. Oh, I've been very fortunate, and <laughs> it's just a matter of looking at our lives, and we can find so many blessings that I can't even speak about it. It's time for our first break, and um, I, when, when we come back, I want to really talk about the uh, way in which these uh, illuminations you experienced inform the work that you do, because not all coaches integrate mindfulness and uh, um, the other principles that we've been uh, adding around uh, in the way that you do. So let's come back and talk about that after the break. And Definitely. listeners, yeah, listeners, you can find links to my website and social media by going to Good Grief at Voice America to like me on Facebook, follow me on Twitter, connect on LinkedIn, etc. Sign up for my email list. And to find Divya, go to www.divyaparekh.com. Be back soon. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. 
Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Good Grief with Cheryl Jones. To reach Cheryl or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Cheryl Jones at weatheringgrief.com. Now, back to Good Grief. Welcome back. This is Cheryl Jones, and I've been talking with Divya Parekh about her coaching business and what she's learned through her own challenges. I I thought we'd start this uh, segment, Divya, just talking about. I was I was captivated by um, several things, um, you know, in in getting to know you in preparation for today. But one thing that really caught my attention was this idea of. Um, of when we're when we're trying to grow our businesses, it's kind of like being in a car race. Uh, that that captured me. Uh, you you talked about the need for maintenance of the car, a good driver, gas enough, enough fuel, and inspiration um, to even want to drive the race in the first place and I thought that was a pretty powerful analogy can you share more about that with folks absolutely so here's uh, the way I see it is that regardless where you are in your business the key is knowing your why the fuel that drives you the fuel that will like you know make you wake up in the morning so for example my purpose is very clear to me. So, for example, my purpose is what can I do more to help others grow? Because when I help others grow, I grow myself too. I sincerely believe that receiving begins with giving. And when you have that why clear, then your gas tank is always full. You're not looking for that motivation from outside. And, of course, outside you definitely need but when you have the internal drive, when you have the intrinsic motivation driving you, it's almost like having the solar car. You have got the solar panels, and you're just going about living your life the way you want to live. You're getting charged. And as you're getting charged, your batteries are full, and you're always ready to go. So, for example, if you would even ask me to coach at 12 p.m., that's in the afternoon, or 12 a.m. at night, I'd be happy to do it. So that's what I'm talking about. Because when you have that, then not only you're going to keep your car in a good shape because you know that your passion, 
is what is driving you. So what you're doing is, when I'm talking about your passion and purpose, you are planting the seeds of it every single day in different areas. You're creating the relationship with it. And when you create that solid relationship with your why, then what happens is every action is driven by a value-based decision. I'm going to share with you is when you're talking about that, whether I'm even going to do the race. So let's bring it back to the practical lifestyle. Okay. As I decide which radio shows I want to go on. So of course I'm not going to go on a radio show where they're talking about controversies in a sense that that creates more controversies and disharmony in people's life. However, there are other radio shows, share like yourself, where what you're doing is you're trying to bring harmony, peace, and love amongst your listeners. So I don't have to think twice about it because I have a solid relationship with my purpose. These are my values. This is what drives my life. Immediately, I know which side of life I want to go. Let's say if you're standing at the fork, regardless whether you want to go to the left or whether you want to go to right, what you're going to do is, if left is the side where it's going to take you to unhappiness and peace and conflict, and if you like drama, maybe you may go towards it, and yet if you're a peace-seeking person who wants to spread the joy, who wants to experience the joy, you will go towards right, which is going to take you towards happiness and This is right and left. It's just an analogy of standing in the road. Right, the road, yes. Well, um, yeah, what what was interesting especially is um, I would say I'll use myself as an example. Very strong on the, I I know why I'm doing what I'm doing. My inspiration and spirit, absolutely clear. And I do use that to sort out which things get my time and energy and which things don't and and all that. Then there's the the gas, which is, you know, how much uh, gets um, uh, put back into me. That's how I was, and it could be solar, but, uh, you know, it's the what you need to be receiving in the world to have the energy. over the summer, I was really out of energy. And I went to a grief workshop, uh, with, actually with one of the guests I've had on the show. I was drawn, I felt drawn. Boy, I came back so recharged from that. You know, we have to, uh, we have to take care of ourselves as the driver, the car, you know, there's a, there's a lot that goes into being able to do what you're talking about, isn't there? Oh, there's definitely a lot more than what meets the eye. And the big thing about it is, is that it's the little things about getting rejuvenated. So one of the things that I definitely would love to share with your listeners is not waiting for a vacation, not waiting for the weekend to recharge or to re-motivate or re-inspire yourself. It's about inspiring yourself throughout the day. Because mm-hmm. when you are putting in little pieces of inspiration in your life throughout the day, then the chances of you being 
going into overdrive or getting overwhelmed or getting chronically stressed out are much less than if you just keep the inspiration for weekends or for vacations. So I'll share one example. There may be, so let's say if you're in the corporate world, and now people get the red coffee pot, and, you know, people take breaks, maybe in one time in the morning, one time in the evening, they gather around the coffee pot, and all they're doing is they're talking about how bad the boss is and how bad the environment is, and they feel light because they have passed on the negative energy to someone else. However, what's going to happen is that, yes, you may have talked something negative, but that's being passed on, and it feels then somebody else is down, and then they're going to act in such a manner, and it comes full circle. Now, instead of that, if let's say when you are at a coffee pot and somebody's talking negative and you turn the conversation around and say something good that's happening, focusing on good, so not only you start feeling good, but what's happening is you're inspiring other people as well. And that same thing goes in the business. For example, if you're energy-driven and if you are motivated, you will figure out who you're going to hang with, who your ideal client is. So it's, again, finding the right things and forming the right relationships in each and every aspect of life and business. That's what keeps the car going. I, I hear you. The other thing that I encounter a lot is using your your um, water fountain uh, image, you know, people at the water cooler taking a break. Often, because I hear what people are thinking while they're doing that um, as my, in my life as a, as a counselor, they're often thinking they shouldn't be. And I think that really does reduce the benefit of the rest as well. Um you know, if you're kind of standing there going, oh, I really should be doing the hundred other things instead of appreciating that moment of rest that that we really do need to go back and, and work. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed that in, in your work, but I certainly have as a counselor that oh. um, people don't give themselves rest. You're right on the mark. It is. Absolutely spot on that what needs to be done is taking the break. It's about recharging yourself throughout the day. So, for example, I'll just share a simple tip. What I do is some people will have an alarm set up at every 50 minutes of the hour, and then they take a break of 10 minutes, especially if you're entrepreneurs, you can afford to do that. And you come back to work so that that really helps that taking the break. And another thing is to reduce distractions. So, for example, if I'm going to be working on a book, if I'm writing a chapter, so I will block out whole day. I will even put in my email response that I will be responding to your email tomorrow. So whoever is receiving does not feel like that they are being ignored and yet at the same time, I'm not being disturbed by any distractions because it's up to us to cut down on the distractions and focus on things that are at hand. 
And so you're, uh, I think, I get the impression both from your book, which I read, and and your website, that you are a believer in uh, a certain amount of structure. Uh, that would be a, a, an example of structure, wouldn't it? When I when I set an appointment to write that day, I put a message on my on my email so that people know I'm gone. Uh, <laughs> how much how much structure do you think? Do you think that's individual, or are there sort of things that most people need? Here's what I will share. Freedom lies in structure. And this may be a very paradoxical statement. However, think about it. Our brains have evolved to suffice, not optimize. The brain wants to do the minimum. And more structures that you can create around yourself. And these are not structures that does not mean flexibility. So yes, you may have blocked the time on your calendar, however, you know, that day you are not feeling like writing, take a break, fine. Go have a coffee with a friend and if you're a working person, take maybe three hours of sick time if you're not into the moment. So the flexibility is around the corner. Flexibility, adaptation goes hand in hand. So what structure does is structure helps your brain know, okay, this is coming and this is what I'm expecting and brain will function optimally under those conditions. And now talking about most people, I always say there is nothing one size fits all. As human beings, we are so individual. You have to see what applies to you. Some people may not like structure and may still be able to work well and more power to them. And yet, from what I've seen by coaching thousands of people that I've worked through, that a certain amount of structure is needed because that's the reason when people do not have that commitment. When I say structure, structure is nothing but commitment. Blocking the time on the calendar. Okay, I'm going to write 10 pages from 7 to 10. Or I'm going to write, no matter how much it is. It could be 5 pages, 2 pages, 20 pages. Depending on where your artistic capabilities coming out, it could be painting, it could be meeting different clients, it could be finishing off your reports in corporate world. It could be anything. It's about having that commitment. And when you have the commitment, your brain's ready. That's how the brain has evolved. And because we don't have commitment, there are studies out there that show 85% of people do not finish the goals that they set in January of every year. That's why New Year's resolutions fail. Sure. That's why I like intentions better. They seem to have a power of their own. (laughs) But, yes, you but can you're... call it, you know, we can call it in practical language structures and we can call it, you know, more softer language as intention. It's about that commitment to yourself. It's about building that relationship with yourself. How much do you value yourself? It all so comes then, down to that. 
would that mean that uh, if if you, um, Divya, were making a New Year's resolution, you would at the same time structure how you were going to get there? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, how do you, how do you yourself, because of course, then I'm sure that's what you share with people, what you've found to work. Um, how do you um, become the 15%? How do you become 15%? That's a great question. Um, that's a great question. So let's take an example. Now, first of all, I need to know where I'm going. If I don't know where I'm going, let's say I'm thinking I want to take a vacation in Chicago or New York or Yellowstone. I might want to go to the city. I might want to go to woods. I might want to go to mountains, to Smokies. I don't know where I want to go. So if I don't know where I want to go, I can do anything. So the first step is knowing what your goals are. That's where we say New Year's resolution is having that clarity. And when you have that clarity, okay, now I want to go to Yellowstone. Now, if I know where I want to go, I want to go to Yellowstone, you just can pick up your bags, just pack random clothes or pack randomly and show up there. You then have to figure out whether you're going to fly there, whether you're going to drive, how far it is. You're going to need a map, what things are available on the road for food. Let's say you decide you don't want to plan anything. You hop into car, you go, and now maybe now you're surrounded by bisons and there's no food. You don't have any water. What are you going to do? So that's where, along with intention, comes a little bit of planning, and with planning comes action. It's about Got it. Yeah, yeah. We're we're ready for a second break, and um, I I want to continue talking about this, but also uh, bring your newest book in, since that's what's out in the world right now, being. Uh, being enjoyed by people and um, talk some more about that in our last segment. So listeners, be sure and find both of us during the break. You can go to my website or the homepage. Weatheringgrief.com is my website and the homepage at Voice America is Good Grief. And to find Divya, you can go to Divya. Parekh, D-I-V-Y-A-P-A-R-E-K-H dot com. Back after the break. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Explore the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss. Join us each week for an informative program that will help you learn effective healing methods using natural remedies. Howard's guests include top researchers, authors, and experts who will share their views on a variety of natural products and healing methods that really work. Tune in to The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss, Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. 
we're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Real Life Solutions, Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Good Grief with Cheryl Jones. To reach Cheryl or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Cheryl Jones at weatheringgrief.com. Now, back to Good Grief. Welcome back to Good Grief. I've been here with Divya Parekh, and we've been talking about her uh, coaching of entrepreneurs and business people and um, how she how she came to that career, which was through the threat of of um, financial collapse in our in our uh, world, two thousand and eight. And right before with the break, we were talking about uh, this sense of uh, goal or intention and having to do the work to realize it, uh, how to stay focused and um, do what is required to really get to the destination. You, you were talking about Yellowstone. And I wondered if you've ever been interrupted in uh, yourself in in making it where you were going um, because I'm, I'm thinking of, you know, uh, I don't know, a, a flash flood, you know, it, it wipes out the road and suddenly you can't get where you're trying to go. And that's another way that our, our goals get sort of bypassed. Yes, Cheryl, that has happened to me several times in life. And yes, we can say we have got goals, we know how to get there, and yet something happens in our lives where life gets interrupted, and as they say, life happens. So one of the first examples I'd shared with you was about the layoff, and another one that I'll share with you was I had transitioned out of corporate world, feeling really good, had really great clients, had a couple of really good speaking engagements coming up. I was out on vacation, having a great time, last year vacation. Just simple rain and nothing, you know, walking down the street and I don't know what happened, missed my step and landed straight on the concrete pathway where I was walking on. And boom, I saw stars. Mm. Well, it was evening time, so... (laughs) (laughs) However, I did see stars in the dusk of evening. But not the ones in the sky, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Not the ones in the sky, and this unbearable shooting pain. And... 
However, we were in North Dakota, and what happens is it's so dark over there. We talked with the front desk uh, receptionist, and she said the hospital was around 50 miles, and the roads are so curvy. If you're not used to those kind of roads, it's, it's hard to drive, especially even during daytime. When you look over, it's, sometimes you feel like, hmm, these are treacherous roads. You want to stay off at night. And here I was in tremendous pain, had no leave, anything there. You know, all the shops were closed, and uh, we were in a small town. It's a scenic place. And I'm sitting through pain, fooling myself that everything's cool. Fly back home, approximately 10 hours of flight time, and I'm just like, oh, it's, it's, it's just a bad sprain. I could not move my right arm, put it in a sling shift mm. of my scarf and, you know, just kind of holding it. It's hurting, but because you have kids with you, you know, just kind of smiling your way through it and praying to God, oh, I hope so, it's nothing wrong. And then I go, I'm on the airport and... We're planning to reach on Thursday night. I'm like, I'm not going to urgent care. So this happens on Wednesday night or Tuesday night. I don't recall the exact time, but, you know, after day, and I just kind of call from airport. I call up my regular doctor and say, oh, you know, I'm in a lot of pain. Can you please schedule me? And they fit me in. I don't go to urgent care. I go through second night in pain, could not even lie down, go there, and then, the x-ray technician is trying to move my arm. And I'll tell you, I've never screamed so loud in my life. Mm. And I'd been joking with the doctor that, oh, you know, I need to travel within the next two days. So, um, And x-ray technician stopped me right there and said, I'm going to go talk to the doctor. The doctor came and said, I'm seeing something nasty, but... I don't want to tell you anything. I want to send you for CAT scan. Go for CAT scan. And then by the time everything has rolled in, it's weekend, and of course I'm still in my sling shift, a better one that Doc has given me. Come Monday, go to orthopedic. Uh, in the meantime, my primary physician did tell me that I'd broken my right shoulder and I'm right-handed in multiple places, so I'm sitting through night, not being able to sleep because of stomach issues. I cannot take heavy medication. She had given me heavy medication, but I was alternating it. And in the meantime, go to orthopedic. My first question is, I really, really need to travel tomorrow. And he looks at me as if I was crazy. Because I had a speaking engagement and, uh, you know, this is just, imagine I've just transitioned out of my corporate world, all excited to be on pathway of entrepreneurship. And of course, I was uh, coaching beforehand for past five and a half years, but this was going to be my full time, my dream come true, all my plans laid out, but boom, with one fall, everything went awry. And he tells me, Mm. you're not going anywhere. And then I ask him, oh, can I drive? He's like, sure. You want to drive with one hand? And then if uh, a cop pulls you over, you'll, 
you can have your license taken away. And I can see you're a very active person. You want to do this, this, this. You're in denial. You cannot drive. So I cannot give you permission to drive. You're not flying. Boom. There it went. And so I am planning to write a blog or a book sometime, if I will. I slept in a recliner for 115 days. And what I felt in the first few weeks was the death of a dream. Because I could do nothing. Mm-hmm. Here I was hearing this song, boom, 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 kaboom, boom, boom. All different types of songs going in my shoulder, could not sleep a wink. Could not take a whole lot of pain medications because they don't sit well with my stomach. And just basically from here, having a pretty rosy future, down to nothing. I had to give up in my clients to other coaches because I could not do them justice. Few clients who had been with me for years, they did, they stayed with me. So I felt so helpless. I could not eat without drooling all over. I could mm-hmm. not open a door. Mm-hmm. I could not get out of my recliner without anyone's help. Cannot take a shower. So it was like having this feeling of helplessness. The first couple of weeks, I just went down somewhere dark. That how come, and this is just one of the stories, how come something like this keeps on happening? And then one night I was just sitting there meditating. I'm like, I need to change. I need to do something about this situation. Bringing the mindfulness to the situation. I had not accepted it. This has happened. I need to give my body time to heal. So when unexpected things happen, acceptance and adaptation are very important. And then I let myself be humble and rather than feeling humiliated, when I had to ask somebody for help, I said, it's okay. I'm going to reach out to my friends, my family, and the help I got, I will share with you, Cheryl, that I saw divinity in people. I saw unconditional love. The love people have given me over past year and a half my, I don't still have full function of my arm. However, that made me so thankful of little things, of driving, of even being able to eat with a spoon, mm. of being able to open the door, of pulling myself out of a chair and getting up, of being able to take a shower. And I'm, I have this feeling, bringing your book into it, you know, that there's a lot in your book that's really about facing reality and for someone with such a high capacity such as you, it must be the hard reality to face is not being able to do something I'm I'm imagining. But I'll bet yeah. that really I I'll bet that really helps you with your work because of course people run into roadblocks all the time. 
And you probably have a deeper understanding of what it's like to really be roadblocked um, from that experience. Would that be true to say? Oh, absolutely. It's uh, going through the grief of loss and yet at the same time having the awakening and realization of something so beautiful that I will say this is one of the best blessings that has happened to me in my life because not only it showed me unconditional love of people, it helped me bring together a signature program that became The Entrepreneur's Garden, which is my new book, and it talks about relationship in different directions of your business and personal life, how true you are to yourself. So again, having to go through, usually we all have a little bit of ego, regardless wherever we are, no matter how humble I am. I'm not speaking for anyone else. I'm speaking about myself. We still all have little ego. Mm. And to go through that ego that, you know, where I just had to open myself up to become that vulnerable and create that relationship with myself, it made me stronger. Because now I could be more authentic. I learned new definitions of mindfulness, experiencing it, experiencing that authenticity. How could I bring that into my life? And it was okay to be vulnerable. And then finding how to put into different relationships in business. How was I managing my time? Even now, I only have six to seven hours of functional time in the day. How do I develop the relationship with it? How am I looking yes. at money? Yes. You, when you go through medical bills, you are paying your own health insurance. What's your relationship with money? Can your business survive something like that? So this incident was the best blessing in my life where I could look at it being into thick and thin of the storm. And I mm. could write about and it. The, and the road, the road we were talking about earlier now goes two directions, towards you and towards others. And I, that's something I've learned from the times I've needed help, for sure. I, I really want to thank you for being with me today, Divya. I, I feel like we could talk, you know, an, another hour. Um, and I hope you'll keep in touch and let me know how things are going with your book. Absolutely. I'm very thrilled to say that it has become a bestseller, and I've received really good reviews from people. So I'm very thankful well, and grateful for my friends' wonderful. support. And thank you again so much, Cheryl, for doing oh, the work you're, you're welcome. Doing. You're welcome. And, and let me say goodbye to the listeners and say this has been Good Grief with Cheryl Jones. I look forward to being with you again next week for another meaningful conversation. Thank you so much for joining us for Good Grief. Please come back next Wednesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Cheryl Jones, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a meaningful week. Abre mi corazón.